everybody, and welcome back to the WT F1 podcast post French Grand Prix edition. I didn't want to be here for this. Just it's wanted tough. to say that, just straight up. I don't want to be here <laughs> again. Uh, yeah, I mean, how many times does one Ferrari fan need to not? go through this but here we are welcome everybody welcome to team wtf1 who are watching this podcast live so they've seen the crying before and probably after the podcast as well Uh, and of course this podcast is once again sponsored by elgato our season-long partners making us almost sound like professional and being able to hear especially me crying in 4k and seeing hearing in 4k i don't know that's the thing but now it is you guys okay how are you you well i'm great thanks oh (laughs) (laughs) Never better. How about you, Katie? Yes, I'm okay, thank you. We were just talking a bit beforehand. Um, I had a bit of an embarrassing moment earlier this week where I just stacked it and smashed my face into a curb. Tommy was present as well. He didn't push me, despite what some people on the watch along might have thought. Um, but yeah, Wait, there was so a watch along it... to you falling over, or you mean the watch along oh, right now? The, the qualifying, <laughs> the qualifying. Tommy was doing a Twitch, doing a Twitch stream. <laughs> I was like, Katie, trip. Uh... trip. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you hear me accidentally like say anything with a lisp or I don't know if it picks up, but I have a slightly bruised lip, then apologies if I've upset you. Oh, I hope you haven't <laughs> upset <laughs> anybody. I'm glad you're okay, Katie. It's, it sounded like a pretty nasty fall, but uh, I'm glad that you're okay. And you're here on the podcast. You were straight on the quality watch along. You were just like, no. The commitment. Screw, screw no it. No one can stop me. So committed, not even a curb. Right, three-word race review time. Oh, God. Aniket Mohan, 24. More Ferrari pain. Sahail underscore Bagala, onesie, ruining it. You're ruining it. <laughs> Sydney underscore Brown underscore 06. Merck equal consistency. And Mr. Matt Kendall, is Matt okay? <laughs> yep. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm looking forward to the French Grand Prix today uh, because definitely nothing happened yesterday. It's Sunday today, right? This is just a podcast. This is a pre-race podcast right now we're looking forward to. Cool, 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 cool. Nice. Um, Yeah, obviously a lot of three-word race reviews around Ferrari pain and completely feel that to the nth degree. Uh, Mercedes as well. uh, Very, very good. And we'll get on to that. Now, let's just get it out of the way, shall we? So I can start the healing process. My three-word race review championship is over okay oh i am being i am being f1 twitter right now i'm being that right now okay and the reason i say that is not because i'm salty it is i'm very salty (laughs) but the championship is over unless we get something very very crazy going on now i mean verstappen is 63 points clear of charles leclerc verstappen does not have to worry about sergio perez doesn't have to worry about anyone else. The only enemy that Verstappen could possibly have is that Red Bull. Okay. If that Red Bull starts blowing up, I will happily accept that this three-word race review has done a beautiful jinx to get Charles Leclerc back in the championship. However, it doesn't seem that way. Verstappen is still driving at a level that is obscene and clear of pretty much everybody else. Leclerc has been on that level to a degree, but obviously uh, a mistake that he made yesterday uh, is the difference between the two. I've said throughout this whole season that I still think Verstappen is a better driver. And I've said that through my Ferrari red tinted glasses and, and tears. Yes. They're, they're just red tears. Um, but yes. So 
I think it's probably a fair thing to say that if we have a normal championship from here till the end of the season, the championship will be over. Because I mean, if you have an eight-point swing or a seven-point swing, you'll need nine races. Leclerc will need nine races if they finish one-two. Obviously, I'm imagining the fastest lap will go to someone else if it gets very, very um, tense and the other teammate will just whack on a set of soft tyres. But yeah, there you go. Complete and utter depression and denial. Are you okay, Matt? Because I saw lots of people like just asking, are you all right? Like some people are saying Matt's now in his villain era. <laughs> Why? Um, <laughs> because what did I do? you've just been through just so snapped. much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just, this happy-go-lucky really guy. Sad. Not anymore. No, I think probably a lot of Leclerc fans and Tifosi will be able to seriously relate with you. But yeah, I mean, I'm not one to say the championship is well and truly over because it's never over till it's over. But seeing as we came into this weekend already, yes, off the back of a Leclerc victory in Austria, but it's fair to say that Leclerc's championship hopes are a little bit more fragile and rocky than Verstappen, who, although, yes, he has some reliability issues, it's looking like he's got a fairly strong bridge i'm making up the phrase but like to make his way to the title whereas the clerks is a bit more like vulnerable um so then for him to make a mistake the size of this one i mean crashing from the lead it's not the best is it um and we know how much he beats himself up about this kind of stuff um it's certainly probably the biggest twist to the championship i think we've seen so far um and i just feel so bad for Charles because he's one so hard on himself and two I think well we'll talk about it later but he must realize that now I think this is his style like he's insanely fast he's got so much talent but I don't think we can say oh he's unexperienced and that's why he's making these mistakes I think this is just going to be how he races for the rest of his career and whether that will cost him championships down the line maybe but it's uh it's a bit of a, a difficult one for Leclerc. So hopefully the good thing is we've got a race this week. So it's not like it happened in Hungary and then he's got a whole summer break that's to sit and thing. like, it is, he can come back no, and I hopefully be a, a bit thing. stronger. <laughs> you'd, I think you'd be better to <laughs> have it happen <laughs> now. And then the next week you can like go for it. It's only a good thing if it goes well. <laughs> it should be a good track for him as well, but yeah. that's never I mean Monaco was and look what happened oh, there. Okay. Yeah, um yeah, it's a huge mistake. I I still can't I still can't believe it. I mean, if you saw my reaction, it was I was shocked. You you couldn't believe it. You went through every stage of grief when it happened, Matt, but I can't get over that Essentially, you know, he resisted that pressure from Max when Max was all over the back of him in DRS. And you thought this is the crucial part of the race that he needs to stay ahead, uh, which is where he'd lost the race earlier in the season when Max just kind of breezed past in the DRS zone. And then that was it. The usual like, oh, Charles starts on pole, but Max wins kind of race. And then for him to just go off on his own, just completely you know, a complete error, really. Like, there was no pressure at all, really, other than the fact that, you know, Max was looking quick and maybe had set some quick lap times. But just when the title was coming back, um, I don't think it's over, of course I don't, but it is a huge, huge, huge gap now. And what, what even as a pessimistic, pessimistic Verstappen fan, um, I, I know what you mean, where... 
when Max has a bad race, uh, well, Silverstone's a great example. It was only, what, a five-point swing? Leclerc has has this, and we said that we said at Silverstone that needs to be a 25-point swing in Leclerc's favour, but it wasn't. And uh, this is, you know, he's just thrown away 25 points, and it's even worse that Max was there to pick up and uh, get the cushion. And um, I'd not even thought about what you said before, but the fact that Verstappen can finish second, if he, if he wins the next mm. race, he doesn't have to win a race after the summer break, which is quite wild. That's how big the points gap is. So, yeah, it is a big old gap. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's a gargantuan chasm. I think we can definitely uh, yeah, say that. It's... Um... I am almost of the opinion now, and this might just be because I'm, you know, this is Monday <laughs> after the race, you know. I, there is a higher likelihood, but I think by some stretch, that Leclerc and Ferrari, well, Leclerc doesn't finish second in the championship. He finishes lower, and that Ferrari get beaten by Mercedes at this point. I'm looking, like, I genuinely believe that Mercedes are taking a step forward when all of these changes to the regulations come in at the second half of the season, potentially Ferrari and Red Bull hauled backwards like George Russell is 27 points behind Leclerc in the championship 27 and Mercedes are 44 behind in the constructors that's that's one race of goodness for Mercedes like actual yeah. goodness where they're the fastest and all of a sudden Ferrari have thrown away what could have easily been I'm not just saying Ferrari Ferrari and the the drivers have thrown away a championship yes. winning car and I mean that would be devastating uh, if they weren't to finish at least second in the championship. Uh, but look, this might just be, as I say, uh, pain from the fact that Leclerc's unfortunately uh, thrown away a lead. But that's that's the difference. These mistakes that we don't see from Verstappen anymore, they're still in Leclerc's DNA. And whether that will be ironed out when, when he's had a bit more experience fighting in a championship fight like he is this year for the first time ever, we don't know. That's That only time will tell. But right now, as I've said, are you picking Verstappen or Leclerc for the title? You're picking Verstappen because you just know that a bad race for him will be a third place at Monaco. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. You know, which is which is crazy. Uh, questions, right? Here we go. Sorry, popped off well, for a while. Before you mention that, uh, yeah. an interesting point from Ava94 in our Team WTF1 chat said, the biggest gap last year was 32 points after the Austrian Grand Prix. And I uh, remember thinking after yeah. the Austrian Grand Prix when Verstappen had won those three races in a row, you were kind of like... This is looking very good for Verstappen. And it's what, double that? Over double? Almost, so, yeah. yeah. Almost double. Um, so, yeah, not not good. Not good if you're a Ferrari fan. Very good if you're a Verstappen fan. And not good if you're a, just a, an unbiased fan because we won a championship fight. No, yeah, and true. 63 points is absolutely outrageous. Yeah, it is a shame because it. we, we were going to have an intriguing race, which we didn't have in the end. But it was going to be really interesting to see how that strategy worked out because I think Max was going to get ahead and then you'd have had Leclerc fighting back, and then maybe it would have swapped again in the strategy. Uh, who knows? But that's the thing. What, that. Was that, that's what we've, what we've even mentioned, really, is that Ferrari left him out an extra lap, probably banking on the fact that he was going to get stuck behind. Was it Lando? It came out behind. Yeah, yeah. But Verstappen was just flying anyway. Yeah, and he would have flew past him. Ahead. And yeah, it was 27 seconds of the gap. And I think Leclerc was halfway around the lap when, and it was 27 time loss, I think, in the pits, or 28, 27. So. Yeah, Verstappen would have taken the lead through a very simple under undercut, and we probably would have been talking about Ferrari's strategy there. I don't know. <laughs> but 
Uh, Leclerc, maybe that's... Leclerc just put it in the wall to do him a favour. Probably <laughs> yeah. like, come on, just we don't want any more questions about our strategy, okay? Uh, right, question. Cam underscore G underscore seven. Lots of blame on Ferrari this season, obviously, but is Leclerc showing he's just not ready to be a world champion? I, I would not say that he's not ready. I would say that he's not ready to take on Verstappen for a world championship because <laughs> we've seen we've seen world champions make mistakes in the past in a season and still become world champion. But when you're up against drivers like Hamilton, drivers like Verstappen, that will churn out a result every single race weekend without fail. Like you have to be on your A game every single time. If you can't do that, if you're throwing away 25 points here and there, which isn't 25, it's 32 because the swing as well between him and Verstappen, that he's gifting Verstappen seven extra points as well. So it's a huge swing. Um, which I'm sure he knows. This isn't, uh, you know, I'm sure Leclerc isn't listening, going, so what have I lost? But it is, you know, it's a massive mistake to make uh, when <laughs> this whole battle has been about incremental gains and losses. Obviously, we've had a few reliability issues as well. But when you're actually finishing on track, it's usually a first and a second, and they're just taking seven or eight points off each other. Uh, yeah, it's Leclerc's, I don't know, whether his mentality is not right, whether he's a bit too hard on himself, I don't know. It's a question that only Leclerc can answer. I'm glad you said it because I thought you were going to call me biased because in my notes I'd written not against Max and or Lewis as well because it, it's true that I don't want to um, belittle certain people's championships, but say say there's been moments in the past where a driver has been given a very dominant car and all he has to do is beat his teammate. You and, could you know, just say Nico Rosberg. <laughs> well, he was against Hamilton. Did you know? I, know, I was going to say, I, I was actually going to say, say, like, no, I was thinking more like, <laughs> dare I say it, like a Jensen and Brown. Oh, I knew you were going to say Jensen Or even, however much, you know, I love him, Damon Hill. Um, you know, he won the year that Michael Schumacher had a bad Ferrari. And those drivers, you know, if if the Ferrari was completely dominant in the way Mercedes was in 2014, yes, I think he is going to win the championship because he's better than Sainz. He's proved that. He's outqualified him all the time. And he doesn't need to push as hard. But when Max is in an equal car, you're not going to do it. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. I love I love how your voice is just like... <laughs> it's too early in the morning. Um, <laughs> you have like yeah. 63 points. I can yeah, just I know. not talk I, anymore. I know. Um, but yeah, like you said, that that record with Max is still ongoing. It's insane. Uh, it's been nearly two years now that when he's got a working car, he finishes on the podium. So, and 99% of the time that's first or second as well. So it's not even third. I think third Monaco is like pretty much the only time he's got a third place either. So like you say, Leclerc having a bad race is sticking it in the wall or Ferrari screwing up his strategy and him losing loads of points. And then Max having a bad race when is, is well, touch wood. We've not seen well, the, the reliability. One, actually, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I guess he's had the reliability at the start, but mentioning that reliability at the start, Leclerc, like Leclerc and Ferrari have had that opportunity dare I say that Hamilton had last year where Max has had some bad luck. Like last year, Max only like Max was still in this form and it was only what three races where Max had DNFs and Lewis almost, and some say should have took, took the title. Um, 
he's had that this year. Silverstone when his uh, obliterated his car or whatever. Um, and then the two DNFs at the start of the year. So, you know, that's quite a big point swing. And you've got to think, you know, if that Ferrari is a Mercedes, they're just picking up all the points and Verstappen's struggling to get that 50-point lead back up that he's lost through bad luck. So, yeah, it's um, it's a tough one. I wouldn't. I think it's too harsh to say he's not ready to be a world champion because world champions, there's a lot of circumstances that that can happen. Some people can win it easier than others but um at the moment i totally agree with you he's not ready to be a world champion against max verstappen who's in a car just as good as that ferrari yeah i mean i'm just trying to think back to like i feel like keke rosberg when he won his championship he only won a couple of races that year um so i know obviously there were less races and stuff throughout the year but it just proves that like depending on the year and the competition that you have and the car that you have underneath you um there's not an exact formula of how you become a world champion in a in a year so I think I kind of alluded to it earlier with showing he's not ready to be a world champion I do think that this is just going to be Leclerc style he might learn from certain mistakes I mean yesterday he literally labeled uh his incident as a mistake I'm sure he probably won't do the same again if we ever go back to Paul Ricard or if there's another similar circuit. But I think he's got enough experience now that he should know better. There's no point in, you know, offering kind of solutions or ways to to cushion it. He messed up. Like, that's just how it was. Um, and I think how he sets up his car and the fact that he's just got so much speed means that mistakes will probably inevitably continue to happen does this mean that he'll never win as many championships as he deserves? Quite possibly. But once again, you know, look at the competition around him. He's got Max Verstappen, who he guy looks like he's just having a bloody Sunday drive. It just looks so easy to him, which I'm sure for Max fans is great. But um, for some others, it must just be so infuriating. So um, I'd really like to see... Charles get a chance to have a go at world championships because I think he is in that same bracket that the likes of Max and stuff are in it's just he's maybe got a few more weaknesses in areas where Max is just stronger so but hey ho these things happen you know nobody's perfect apart from Max just happened apparently <laughs> um so <laughs> yeah mm, yes. the thing is Max has been there before to to make you feel a little better, Matt. You know, Max, I guess he, Max uh, didn't have a world's title winning car when he went through his stage of crashing and he was, um, yeah, I guess I guess the difference is that when Max got his chance in the world type championship car, he sort of like delivered straight away um, and Leclerc's taken a bit longer and a bit more error prone. But I personally don't think that Leclerc would be like that forever but we'll never know until it's five years time and matt's still here crying on a podcast <laughs> exactly well that's that's the thing is that i think it's not it's not that it obviously it hurts that leclerc is making these errors but you think okay yeah this is part of him developing as a driver but the problem i have is that this is how i like this particular year i see as a window of opportunity for ferrari they've taken so long to get back towards the front consistently now they're here but with like this is the start of a new set of regulations 
you mm. can't think for the world that Mercedes are going to sit there and not take a step forward into the actual fight for for wins either at the end of this year or especially going into next year. And there's a lot of talk that this new Mercedes concept might take a little while to extract the package and the performance. But once they do, we're all in a lot of trouble, uh, basically, is, is kind of what the understanding is there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just a shame, really, because you just when you look back at the season, you know how we go, oh, it's a championship fight. When you look back at the season, they've lost a few points here and a few points there. Ferrari could look back on the the championship, even this half of the season, and going, oh, my God. Wow, we left a lot of points on the table, either through driver error it's or obscene. Through... It's I'd love, every to, I'd love to calculate it because yeah. I reckon I reckon Max has lost probably like off the top of my head like seventy through bad luck, and I reckon Leclerc's lost over a hundred easily. Yeah, yeah like, it's definitely. mad. Anyway, moving on. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritise who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash WTF1. That's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Team WTF1 member Max S. When is anyone at Ferrari going to face consequences for their repeated incompetence? Wow, Max S, you're one of those, huh? You're one of us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's Ferrari's philosophy of dealing with making mistakes and being human i think is quite infuriating for fans because they do not own up to their mistakes i mean even bonotto didn't really say much about charles leclerc and the silverstone not pitting incident it was like ah, i think we made all the right decisions apart from maybe the one with leclerc like no that's a, a race losing thing that you've done and you're kind of shrugging it off like it was just one error in all of the amazing judgment yeah calls we made someone someone like toto wolf or christian horner is you on just, the yeah. radio to max or lewis going we're really sorry we let you down there but we'll come exactly. back stronger that's all it needs to be and that's all it is and and a lot of people would don't don't see that as weakness if a team says that to their driver they're not going. Not people are going to turn around and go. Oh, I don't like Ferrari anymore. They're weak. They're, they're apologising to their driver for making an error. Um, so I think there is a integral flaw with the way in which they deal with it. Because I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly the same way as how they deal with it inside the walls as well. You know, if you're a fly on the wall, I are they actually taking responsibility for what they do wrong? Um, I don't know. I, I think that's probably where it lies because it just seems that way. You know that. They can't, for whatever reason, get over this whole team order thing and being able to put one driver in front of the other. There just seems to be this very different way of working, this very Ferrari way of working, and they just don't want to go out of that because it feels comfortable and that's what they know. 
I'd be super interested to hear actually like how Alfa Romeo and Haas are finding it because obviously they've got a Ferrari power unit in the back of their cars and we've just seen repeated um, like flaws and issues with these PUs and if Ferrari have that same philosophy of like not saying sorry we've given you a bit of a dodgy package here like it makes me wonder whether they'll start to look elsewhere because I imagine that would be incredibly infuriating to think you've spent all this blood sweat and tears into this car just for this element in the back not to work to its best capabilities and then Ferrari just to be like eh it happens on to the next one <laughs> so um but yeah it is certainly interesting I mean Carlos Sainz was quite defensive about the decision that they made yesterday when they asked him to pit when he was battling Checo and said you know that a lot of people think that Ferraris are a disaster with their pit calls but it's no different to like other people on the pit pit wall but I mean Ferrari so it's obviously not just a race team it's a car manufacturer it's a luxury brand if you want to go down that route obviously inside the bubble of F1 it's got a reputation for them being clowns if you will people refer to them as that or that they don't think take things too seriously but you've got to remember that we are in that F1 bubble but if this continues it could well start to influence outside of the F1 bubble and I'm not saying that a few dodgy pit stops is going to affect the entire Ferrari brand that's been around for, you know, donkey's years. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just madness. Also, not knowing what penalty is what when they were speaking to science on the pit wall. Like, how is your driver telling you what the rules are when he's driving around at like 100 and something miles an hour? And he's like, isn't it a five seconds like just time penalty, not stop and go kind of thing. It's just that could have been such a moment blunder, couldn't it? That yeah. Imagine if he'd come straight into the pits. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> They're the kind of things that don't help Ferrari, isn't it? Like just it's just the like adding up again and again. Go on, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna go very quickly back to the point of like how Ferrari work is potentially different to other teams. How I see it is that you know how, you know, for example, Hamilton is kind of like the driver at Mercedes. I mean, George is doing a great job, but like they massage his ego. They keep him happy. They make sure that he is happy within the car. Ferrari is definitely that way of, well, Ferrari is bigger than both of you. You, you are, you are yeah, happy to drive for us way. and you will protect the brand. Whereas I think a lot of other teams keep those drivers happy and make them feel important and make them, you know, and, and, and I think that's the way to go. If you want to keep mm. momentum up, it's not it's that so Ferrari is more it's... important than the drivers. I know it's forever ago, um, barely even after I was born, but Ferrari literally fired their world champion driver because they said he said bad things about the car, Alan Prost in 91, I think it was. Um, imagine, you know, a team doing that. You know, you wouldn't see Mercedes going, Lewis, why are you saying this car's bad? We're going to fire you, your best, like, best driver ever. Um, it's just ridiculous. So, um, yeah. Ferrari, I do, I do feel sorry for them a little bit because they have this enormous pressure on them that they are Ferrari. And while they've got this, the problem is they're, they're, they're really good at, um, they've built a title winning car. It's a shame that they've thrown it away. You'd rather be in their position than like a McLaren or an Alpine that they've got loads of resources as well. They're not building championship winning car so you've got to give ferrari some credit for actually delivering but it just happens far too much with ferrari 
I don't know why I'm losing my voice. I'm so really sorry. Emotional. <coughs> I should be the one having a break in voice. Cheering so yesterday. He was yeah. doing when Leclerc. It wasn't even. I don't know what is going on with my voice. I'm so sorry. 63 um, but... points, getting the bubbly out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it reminds me. There was a there was a great tweet I saw from Pretzel Vettel that says the Sebastian Vettel <laughs> Vettelfication of Charles Leclerc's Ferrari career is truly in full motion mm. and it is so true like that incident was a proper like 2018 hockenheim moment yeah. where you're just like oh my god and why is it always ferrari drivers that have these moments um the pressure is insane that there's got to be something you know sebastian vettel went into ferrari i know he had a bad time at red bull in that last year but he was dominant he was known for never making mistakes and then through strategy errors and mistakes and stuff it happened and now it's happening again and yeah the the fact they don't help themselves sometimes with the things of like you know talking to science and his strategy was an odd one it was he got screwed i think we're doing a video about this anyway aren't we that science leclerc's going off actually screwed science because he needed to go long into the race on his hard tires and actually then when he pitted it screwed his strategy completely. So Leclerc actually shafted Ferrari even more. So we can't be too harsh on Ferrari because Leclerc really <laughs> shafted them both. Um, you... Sorry, but, sorry I was just going to say, but the fact that science, they either needed to, it's, it's again with these like calls where they need to be authoritative and just straight down, just make a decision. And they either needed to pit and not waste time trying to fight Perez, then come through the pack later, or let him overtake and just hope his tyres last. But they did the worst one, which was try and get him to battle through. And then finally, once he'd got through, then pit him. Very, very bizarre. But hey, hey. I was just going to think, oh, I was just thinking, I know it's not a new idea by any means, but Jean Todd, obviously, he was at Ferrari in their glory days. He's now left the role of FIA president. There was speculation that he could go back to Ferrari. Do you think a figure like that is what they need? Do you think maybe Bonotto is too much of a teddy bear, you know, too sweet, and they need somebody to, like that to go back into it? Or do you I think there's no. there's clearly more problems in team principle? A lot of people are like, oh, uh, should Bonotto be fired? It's like. Arriva Bene, should he be fired? Dominicali, should he be fired? <laughs> There's a theme here. It's like, um, it's like Man United, right? If you know, if you know, ball knowledge. If you know ball, it's ball knowledge. <laughs> um, God, the, you know, they're, they're, they're a team that, um, yeah, that they, you know, they're firing their manager constantly. And I love still our, not sorry. winning. I love okay. I, I none of us took that dirty. Katie was like, yeah, I know, classic Katie, <laughs> as in football. That is the phrase, Katie. Obviously, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, the um, that that's the thing. You know, they're firing their manager every year, and when does it get to the point where they're like, maybe it's not the manager's fault? And that's how I feel with Ferrari with this team principal thing. They fired. Dominicali, they got in Ariva Bene, they fired Ariva Bene, now they've got Bonotto. And, you know, at the end of the day, Bonotto has got them back to a, a winning car and he's not the one on the pit walls making the strategy calls. There must be a higher power at Ferrari that's, that means that this isn't happening for whatever reason. So I don't think it's fair to just say, like, fire Bonotto because someone mm. else will come in and the same thing will happen. I think as well, like, times have changed 
Jean Tot going back into that outfit in a 2022 Formula One team. I just, I'm not sure it would be a, as plug and play as maybe, no. you know, you'd like it to be as, as someone like Jean Tot with all of, all of his experience. I think forget the conversation about Leclerc not being ready to be a world champion. Ferrari aren't ready to be a world championship winning outfit. That's that's also uh, in mm. the conversation there as well because true. of all the things that, uh, that they're doing. Obviously, signs of strategy, you know, to touch on that. I know you have, Tommy, but it just didn't make any sense. I know that you know, there's been talk of, ah, oh, well, he wouldn't have got him anyway. But why are you waiting till he's past Perez to then go, I oh, know your tyres are, your tyres aren't going to make it actually. <laughs> uh, so we're going to now pit you. Like they would have known that then they're going to pit him again. So why would they leave him behind Perez for so long? Make a great move, tell him to pit while side by side with him, and then. <laughs> That was and the worst then, bit, wasn't it? And then Sainz was like, stop talking to me. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's just the weirdest thing. And that, you could just tell that they're all just looking at these screens going, okay, so the calculations are on it. Meanwhile, looking at the TV screen, you've got Sainz <laughs> making a great move on Perez. So, yeah, it's e- just things either like it's, that. Either it's not being played on the radio or it is a thing. And it suggests that it is a thing that no other team has so much of their drivers going against their own decision or telling them what to do. Or you know, even when Vettel was there, it became a thing of like, ha oh, Vettel, the race strategist, because he ended yeah. up having mm-hmm. to do his own pit calls because he never trusted what Ferrari did. So, And the thing is as well, like I know it's benefit of hindsight, but if they had left signs out, a VSC came out. So he could have then just dipped in the pits maybe if he wanted to. But obviously that was only a few laps before the end. But there's there's all kinds of things that could have happened. I think that it just didn't make any sense to pit him with 10 laps to go. It didn't give him enough time to even try to get back in front. And maybe his tyres had held on. You know, at this point, Leclerc out to Ferrari go, well, we have to just throw the, like roll the dice here a little bit. 10 laps to go. Perez and Russell were fighting like no tomorrow. There could have easily been a chance with that Ferrari that is quicker to have to have stayed ahead, but they went for the safe option, and maybe we would have been having a go at them for not pitting had signs gone in the wall as well with four laps yeah. to go because of a tire failure. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one to, to talk about, but it just didn't make any sense to pit him then, uh, to be honest. But um, anyway, moving on, next question and final question on Ferrari: Geo Vige me can F one seventy five be the best car not to win a championship? Uh, I don't know. That that's a difficult one because it's not as if Ferrari are a second clear of everybody else. Like they are, as AWS Insights said to, uh, this week uh, or level. last week, yeah. that they are bang on level in terms of performance. So it's I don't easy. think it's fair to say that Ferrari have thrown away like a, an easy championship. I think um, it'd be the best car in history to finish third in the championship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes, that is very oh. true. Um, yeah, at this rate. No, you can't list every single car in like F one seventy two history or whatever it is. I mean, it's certainly quick, but it's also not reliable. So therefore, I think I would say no, it's not the best car if it keeps blowing up every other race. But it was it's certainly very fast. Mm. So I would say no to that. But it's probably uh, no up there. Thanks. No thanks. It's a no from me. <laughs> I'd say I'd say it would be the best if if the season carries on. It would be the best car to not win a championship by an enormous margin. I would say because because the, the gap just is great. Yeah. Oh right. <laughs> Sounds like a squeaky door. Uh, good stuff. Right, uh, Katie. Three word race review, please. So my three word race review is VSC, which I'm counting as one word. Screw up. Um, and that is to do with Sergio Perez. Some people might have thought he was caught snoozing on the VSE restart, but he is blaming a blunder 
with the virtual safety car restart and the hardware issue that apparently happened through the FIA, which meant that the VSE restart was like came up twice on the messaging system. So he got very confused. Um, the same message is displayed to all the teams and they all use the same messaging system. So I don't understand where Perez is coming from when he says we got rogue info because everyone got the same information. Um, but it basically meant that a hardware issue triggered an automatic switch to a backup, which meant the restart was delayed by about a minute and not 10 to 15 seconds, as the rules say. Uh, this delay is why Sergio zoomed off before realizing it was still virtual safety car. And then Russell closed in and timed his restart to perfection. Um, but yeah, Sergio was not happy about it. He said it cost him a podium place. He said it seems like George had different information and he was able be, was able to prepare better for it. Everyone has the same information. Um, so a bit of a weird one. I think lots of people are like, oh, it's so unfair on Sergio. But I don't know. I, as you know, I love Sergio. He is my number one bae. But at the same time, I think it's a bit of a blunder because there's also the screens at the side of the track that go green when the VSC has ended and they hadn't gone green yet. <laughs> so there's a bit of a like mess up from the FIA in the sense that their issue broke. At least they got a backup, I guess. But um, I don't feel like it's fair to say that Sergio was completely mugged of a podium through this little mistake, if I've explained that well enough. It, yeah, it, it, you have. Because um, I think we, we saw it as well, though. We saw it on screen because it was delayed for so long. That the graphic was, was overlaid for... saying ending, ending, ending. So I can understand the problems that the drivers had, but Perez can't kick off about it because everyone had the same information as you say if it was only him and and now he's you know he's speculating well i think george may have had uh, some different information no i think it was just a bit of luck and george mm. has managed to time it better george said in his post-race interview that he was accelerating as perez was breaking and i know you have to hit these mini sectors in terms of uh, time reached so maybe you know perez with all this information oh what's going on gets a little bit kerfuffled and George just deals with it better. That's that's how I see it. Uh, so it is obviously annoying for the FIA to have had that problem, but at least they had a backup rather than just finishing the, the entire race under VSC. That would have been quite quite an exciting for the last few laps. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think Perez can really have... You can have a go at the FIA, sure, because it should be very clear-cut. And But these things happen. It was a problem. Every driver was in the same boat. And Russell was just a bit luckier. He was luckier because... My understanding of it is that Sergio got told that the VSC was ending, so he sped up. And then at the exact point that he had to break and basically slow down to make sure he hit his delta time was the exact moment it actually ended. And then obviously that meant that he's having to like, you know, spin the wheels and speed up, whereas George is doing a consistent speed and can just breeze past. And obviously it made it look extremely easy. So I get why he's he's miffed, but I do get that everyone's obviously in the same in the same boat there. I've not seen that before. It's a very unusual um incident. So fingers crossed it doesn't happen again. But Sergio did not have a great race, has to be said. Mm -hmm. Um when he got passed by Hamilton at the start, I know the Mercedes race pace was a lot better than um what they were in qualifying. 
but I'm sure I wasn't. We weren't the only ones. Uh, me and you met on the watch time, but we we're just like, well, Sergio's getting past some DRS immediately. I think everyone mm. would have assumed that because Red Bull seemed so much quicker, and obviously Max and Charles just shot off into the distance as always. Um, but yeah, Sergio had a bit of a clumsy race, and uh, yeah, he must be pretty gutted to have uh, to finish fourth when your teammates uh, won the race, and also the two Ferraris are out of it as well. It's a shame to see the um, the performance dip now from Perez. You know, with whether yeah. it's you know the the way the way in which the the car's going in terms of its development, and you know everyone will say, oh, it's, it's favoring Verstappen or whatever. I mean, even if they are, we've spoken about this many times. It makes of sense course they are to, to favor Verstappen. <laughs> if they have to make the car faster, and it, the only way of making it faster is to favor Verstappen's driving style, then so be it. You know, that's that is how it should be uh, if they're fighting for a championship. But it is a shame for Perez to 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 dip off and and as well like if mercedes are now back <laughs> no but if they are you know taking steps forward all of a sudden perez that could sit there and finish p4 behind the two ferraris and the red bulls now could potentially start finishing p6 p7 if other teams are not that far away and perez is half a second slower than verstappen a lap or whatever so <laughs> he, do, he does his red bull number two driver in reverse to yeah. Alban and yeah. gets worse and starts finishing seventh. And... Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think it'd be that bad. But no, it's definitely it's definitely feels like it's going back to last well, season. Was, yeah, yeah, rather than which is a shame. He was it was exciting to have him in the mix and oh hello Perez, oh, good, come on, yeah. you know it was uh, winning Monaco. It was uh, it was quite something. But um, yeah, back to the VSC. There's a question from Vista Poloni. How does the driver get informed of a VSC finish? Anything that could wake up Perez? Obviously, they look at their steering wheel, as that's the the, the main thing. Obviously, they're looking at there. They're getting information of to as to you know how optimally they can reach each little mini sector where they can you know not lose um, as much time as as well try to not lose as much time as they can. Um, so yeah, it would it would tell them on the steering wheel that the VSC's ended I guess as well you'd have the green lights on the around the track that would go from yellow to to green um if they do have lights some of them would just be flags I suppose but um yeah I guess with the mix up and whatever it's all through the steering wheel and I suppose through the team radio as well they could let him know but that's probably not going to be the uh, easiest and quickest way it's not like uh now go okay yeah yeah I, mean... I, I go on you go Katie because I you know more about this than me because I know well, you, you love the, the rule book. <laughs> I love sleeping with the rule book. <laughs> um, yeah, so per the sporting regs, it says, when the clerk of the course decides it is safe to end the VSC procedure, the message VSC ending will be sent to all competitors via the official messaging system. And at any time between 10 and 15 seconds later, VSC on the FIA light panels, which are like the little boards on the side of the track, will change to green and drivers may continue the session. Or con- Wow. Well, that was really that insightful. Was riveting. Look at that. So, yeah. The second you were going in, you just froze. That no, was, that was I great. read that so beautifully. Let's try that again. You said 10 to 15 seconds, then pretty much cut straight after that. I love my internet so much. Um, where should I start from? From 10 to 15 seconds yeah. later or from the start? Yeah, 10, that's fine. 10 to 15 seconds. So, yeah, via the official messaging system and at any time between 10 and 15 seconds later, VSC on the FIA light panels, which are the panels that appear at the side of the track, will change to green and drivers may continue the session or continue racing immediately. After 30 seconds, the green light will be extinguished. So... 
that's the situation. So the teams will be told it on the pit wall. It's the same messaging system, I think, that it signifies if there's a yellow flag in, you know, at turn 14 or if a Ocon's got a drive-through penalty or something's being investigated, there's a system where basically everything gets noted and so it'll be on there and then yeah for Sergio he's got the light panels which will be clearly visible to him um and George said that he felt it was pretty straightforward to be honest I just gunned it down when the lights went green um interestingly Christian Horner said that he claimed Checo wasn't getting the delta in his car which then the FIA said they knew nothing about after the race so whether that was true we sent it to you I mean you You got my email right (laughs) um so yeah just an unfortunate blip in the in the system but as it's as we said everybody gets the same information so yeah lovely well thank you so much for that Casey I'm glad you stayed with us with your internet that was uh (laughs) Uh, Tommy what's your three-word race review mine is won't be missed and this is about the championship fight. Oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is about um, Paul Ricard. It seems like this, according to the provisional calendar, apparently it's not on there, and Spa isn't as well. But that's a rant for another time. Um, I won't miss this circuit. Uh, I know it gets criticism. We did a video of like, oh, are we too harsh on it? It's not the worst circuit in the entire world, but it's not great. And the fact that it's flat, it's boring, the camera angles are horrible. And then if if you designed a circuit to make overtaking difficult, you'd basically make, it, it should in theory be a good track because they've got loads of space. There's a really long straight. But the fact that it goes into a really tight chicane that everyone seemed to just not have enough because the corner before it is horrible that you just can't follow around there. So you can't follow around the corner. Then you go onto the main straight. You're into a chicane that's really difficult to get two cars side by side. Ocon and Sonoda is a great example there. Um, that you can't get two cars side by side anyway. And then the next bit of the the chicane is um, once you like get back onto that main straight, you've not got DRS. It's not a heavy braking zone, so you can't really overtake there either. And they even got rid of the Gorilla trophies, which was one of the best bits of the whole whole race weekend so for me it won't be missed you were gutted you were absolutely hyping up those gorilla trophies on our twitch watch alongs and uh it didn't even happen shocking absolutely shocking lenovo i know literally a sponsor like yeah i thought they were at least didn't make it interesting like the heineken ones that's quite nice but just lenovo oh great let me just put it next to my headphones or my laptop whatever they make I mean, yeah. I want monkey. <laughs> what, when you win, when you win the uh, French Grand Prix, yeah. okay, so WTF on podcast yeah. sponsored by. Let goes that brand Amazing. Um, yes, I will not miss it either. Uh, no. We did, we did uh, free practice watch alongs, and I would not put my worst oh, enemy through them ever again. Ever again, <laughs> I will never do a free practice watch along around the French for the French Grand Prix ever again. It is just, yeah, as as on paper. Not the worst track in the world. That goes to Monaco. Well, I can see Lu- I can see Lucy in the chat going second most overtakes on average over last. But there's well, something can, about it. Can we it. see them? That was another yeah, thing about TV direction. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But... and also just generally like it's not always about overtakes in my opinion. And that Paul Ricard's a great example that 
there's just something about it just makes it woeful even if there's a lot of overtakes yeah i'm not gonna have too much of a go on f1 tv direction either because we've said on in the podcast and we've demanded that when the battle for the lead is less yes. than a second we do not go away from it and fair play to them they didn't go yeah, away from it. it. Yeah, and they didn't. I can, can we have a little pop-up that. box so we can see yeah, some? Yeah, a little, little pop-up box. Fair just, enough. Just but something. look, Katie, you know, Rome wasn't yeah. built in a day, and we need to just you know we're steadily getting there. I right? was a We've big fan them. of when they said uh, they said that Leclerc was the Nam at one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like the graphic, like you know where they track the car and they have like a bit of information. It just went Nam and then went away very quickly. <laughs> uh, so, so, to be fair to Direction, they did they did well with the like cutting to the. Aston Martin battle at the end, which they don't mm. normally tend to find stuff like that. Mm. They're normally like, no, we're showing the winner, celebrate. Um, yeah, that's true. And that was quite a tasty battle. Yeah. It was lovely. Well done, F1 TV Direction, on that bit. On that um, <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I won't miss Paul Ricard. I think it'd be a shame to lose a French Grand Prix in the sense that, you know, the FIA Formula One Grand Prix is literally French. So um, there are lots of things that link the birth of Formula One back to French, uh, France and like French speaking things and stuff, but um, find a better <laughs> circuit. <laughs> well, they don't. That's the problem. There's not yeah. a good French Grand Prix, dare I say. No, because there was talk of a Manny street Cole circuit in Nice. That's now been, I think, poo-pooed. So that's not happening. Poo-pooed. Poo-pooed. <laughs> Term. <laughs> it doesn't so, yeah, yeah the problem is i know people say about like all oh, the history of the french grand prix but they've never had a particularly good circuit you know for for me the the history of the french grand prix for for france i just see le mans in motorsport and that's like the their signature race and i don't personally from a like i don't want to lose monaco belgium uk and Monza, like Italy, like they're the four, in my opinion, that have to be on the calendar. French Grand Prix. Sorry, it's race it's one of them. It's fine. Well, didn't Ocon say that? Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah, he said he drove there, didn't there. he? Or was that Alonso? Alonso, I think. Was it Alonso? Who drove the well, Alpine well, show car ahead of Le Mans, like last oh, yeah. year? Was it? Maybe it was Ocon. It was the maybe. first time Alonso actually had, did uh... Le Mans, but that was in white. I think maybe it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it was the first time that an F, a modern F1 car had like, gone round Le Mans, Ooh. wasn't it? Yeah. Tasty. Lovely. Tasty. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, F1 Aditya, is it time to remove this track from the calendar? Alonso. It provided little to no overtake. Oh, oh yeah, thank you very much, because he was racing there, so it made perfect sense for him to... You know, he wasn't racing there. Was, was he not? He was racing, was he? <laughs> was he not? Well, he no, was, was just there. He was just there for banter. Oh, yeah. Lance, global warming. Fair enough. Uh, it, what? Well, like, just shipping random people around the world. Just for the sake oh, of it, sorry. it wasn't even that there. That was such been... a curveball. I did not know <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, what? <laughs> One person flies. Uh, it provided little to no overtaking by the chicane on the straight. Yeah, yeah, we're getting rid of Paul Ricard. Yes, please. Okay, that right. pretty much covers it. Um, at Juha Fly, why was George Russell so upset about his move versus Sergio Perez? He made the move pretty late. Fronts were next to the rears. Claim cannot surely be valid in every case. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know why George was so angry about it, to be honest with you. Um, like, he made the move, but just with how, like, the nature of the track, Perez doesn't really have anywhere to go. Uh, I know it was a late move. I can understand maybe why. Oh, I don't know. It's a difficult one. I think it was very 50 50. Um, but I think they did right there that he could 
Sergio could just go off the track and yeah. hold his position and they didn't do anything about it. Because, I mean, the person in this question saying, why was he so upset? I mean, shock as driver thinks something's gone against him. They're always going to yeah. back themselves and go, this isn't fair on me. Um, I'm pretty sure George was, was reciting the entirety of the GPDA like handbook mm. uh, whilst driving, yeah, wasn't he? Probably. Um, it's one of those moves where... Yeah, I think the nature of the corner means that Sergio had nowhere to go and there was a bit of contact as well, mm. um, that he's just going into the side of him. So I think it's a, a fair enough move and obviously he can't be too upset that he ended up back in front of him anyway. So I'm pretty sure with the new overtaking rules this year as well, they have to be a lot more alongside than what previous, like previously, like they they had updated it where... <laughs> Is that about Verstappen by any chance when he just sends <laughs> it and... Is that, I made the corner. <laughs> it, it might well be because of Verstappen, yeah. but I'm pretty sure you have to be more alongside. Like, for example, if you make a move around the outside, now you have to be slightly ahead of the car that you're overtaking in order to be basically demanding space, which is not something that they've had to do or had in place before. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe the FIA just saw it as a bit of a late move and didn't have enough alongside to warrant the corner. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Toto Wolf obviously also came on the radio interjecting and saying George basically shut up and put your foot down you'll get him <laughs> anyway so which was uh, I don't think we've really seen that from Toto so far this year um not that it's been if it has it hasn't been broadcast um so yeah I I don't know maybe it was just George determined to get this podium and thought that was going to be his one chance Little did he know that there would be a VSC that would be beneficial to him just a few minutes down the line. <laughs> you become a news reporter. I know. <laughs> I felt like, you know, the old, uh, when we were talking in the that time when about the old F1 DVDs, you went, yeah. like, you went like that. What could happen later on will shock you. Uh, um, yeah. And now throw to Katie for the ad break. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, at Mega versus Primus comes in with a question. Now that Alpine have overtaken McLaren for fourth in the Constructors' battle, do you think they will be able to maintain it throughout the rest of the season? Yes. Carrying on. Do you? Yes. Uh, it depends. Yeah. It's not that bad, though. It depends. Well, it depends how many times Alonso's car wants to break mm. uh, of its own accord. So Daniel think... Ricciardo has scored 19 points the entirety of this year, <laughs> and we're saying Woo! that... It won't be because of Danny Rick. Like, yeah, but he's improving. I guess he's improving, whereas Alpine two back to back great points. Woohoo! We're on the charge, guys. Woohoo! <laughs> on I the charge. On I the feel charge. like a social media manager. Hashtag on the charge. Um, <laughs> on the charge, finishing yeah. ninth and scoring two points. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, there's an interesting theory, wasn't there, from Nico Rosberg that was saying that you you have to essentially say that Danny Ricardo's doing fine and it's more the fact that Ricardo that Lando's really good and that not Danny Rick's really bad but I think it is a bit of both I think it he's doing fine when yeah he finishes ninth and Lando finishes seventh and you're like that theory checks out but when Lando's fifth in qualifying and Ricardo's 14th or whatever that's when that that theory doesn't really work for me yeah and there needs to be like this is Daniel Ricciardo. One race, he needs where he to beat him. Lando. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's all well and good in finishing like eight seconds behind Lando in this particular French Grand Prix and and whatever, and picking up a couple of points. But when Alonso and Ocon are finishing sixth and eighth, that's still more points in favor of Alpine. So yeah, yeah. it just needs to for Danny Rick. Like he's an experienced Formula One driver. Just one or two weekends, we go ah, oh, 
wow, he's out qualified Lando. And yeah, oh, it's just it, not happening, is it? And and that's the that's the difference, and that's what I think you need. Um, if you're McLaren, you need Danny Rick to sometimes outperform Lando, who's supposed to be this wonder kid or whatever, so that they pick up more points than than what they have been doing. Because Alonso and Ocon, I think you know Ocon has the occasional great race where he'll finish fifth, like he did recently. Was it in Austria? Uh, yeah. And you know, picked up a, a big haul of points. We haven't seen that yet from Danny Rick, uh, and that's probably I think going to be the difference between the Alpine and McLaren battle for P4 personally. Yeah, oh, it's so difficult. I mean, McLaren just seemed to be not really anywhere. I know Lando's pulling out amazing performances, but even like yesterday, listening to Lando speak after the Grand Prix, he just sounded so like blasé and like meh. Like he was like, oh, you know nothing really much to say I think that was a genuine thing that he said to F1 after the race like it's bizarre I mean Lando like he didn't even speak about this in any of his interviews that I found there's a clip of him in Park Ferme removing this huge piece of debris it's massive it was like this big for people watching it on uh on YouTube and just like chucks it in his cockpit but like I don't know if that if I was a racing driver we all know racing drivers love excuses I'd be going off to everybody I spoke to, oh, and I found this massive chunk of car that slowed me down like hundred seconds a lap, you know. Uh, like I'd be making rinsing it. That's not what I thought Landon Norris sounds like, by the way. But I'd be rinsing that and he just didn't care. He was too busy like going that he got a freeze pop on Blimmin F1's post race show. He was more excited by that than talking about his race. So that's very Lando, though. I think I think, I think it it's is. just the fact that Lando is really not that bothered about finishing seventh in a Formula One Grand Prix. No, like, he, no, just, he you know, doesn't. He's not the, there to the finish vibes seventh. The vibes at McLaren is he? aren't really there at the moment. I feel like they're all just maybe they're just shocked at how they were maybe last year with some of their like podiums for Lando and things and. Maybe this these new regulations clearly aren't going to plan for them. Ricardo's getting all this attention in the press. Will he stay? Will he go? That maybe the vibes at McLaren just aren't it at the moment. And I don't know. It's affecting the whole team and maybe their performances. I don't know. But it just doesn't really seem to be like the McLaren that I know from years previous. Years prior, if that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> smashed it i can't right. deal with these 10 a.m podcast boys um, yeah i'm sorry I'm, right i'm struggling tommy come on get it out wait what <laughs> <laughs> i'm at the abc the f1 jingle sure you did oh, right okay. hey there <laughs> wait until i took a freaking sip of drink thanks oh. a lot okay this is from levy in edmonton canada hey there i made this jingle for the wtf1 podcast uh it's inspired by hamilton's 10 dual commandments and not I hope you like it. this is hamilton the musical just so this know. means nothing to me but matt can be the judge because i know you like i know it, it yes time for a b c d e f1 it's the race week in ratings tommy please no have ratings Yeah, I love that. You were yeah. vibed into that. I yeah, think. I know that song. I, that's yeah. a good one, two, three, four. But yeah, you you need to go watch Hamilton the musical now, Tommy. After watching that, it is a three-hour-long <laughs> musical, I think. But it's not about um, Hamilton. No, it's not about Lewis Hamilton. Um, okay, well, thank you. Who was that from? Sorry, it was from Levy Muff. Thank you, Levy. Thank from you, Levy Muff. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, do enjoy musical me. So uh, really enjoyed that. Right, ABCDF one time. Let's start with uh, Lewis Hamilton. 
A star. A star, I think. A star. Form that car. Yeah, yeah. what well, could he done? I think that was probably his best race of the, the season, even if there was a bit, maybe not as like uh, exciting as Silverstone, but he was just like, sh- showed that if he gets a dominant car, he, he'll be up there again, kind of. Yeah, it was a, it was a bulletproof performance once yeah. again from Mercedes, really, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Mad. Uh, a star from us and A from the fans. Didn't fancy Hamilton, A star. It was very close. Fair enough. But Ooh. it was A. Yeah. Uh, George Russell, A. This is difficult. I think it's I'll go for an A. A. I was going to say B, yeah. Why? Um, why? Yeah. This wasn't anyway really. He's qualified sixth and... Well, yeah, he got through the pack, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's an A. Giving him a B for a okay, third no. place in a Mercedes. No. What is wrong with you? It was six seconds off Hamilton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Some, some Russell hater. Yeah. Non-British bias, only for Hamilton. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so an A from us and an A from the fans. Max Verstappen. Hey. A. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But then, is it? Can, where he, where you going? Oh, how can you give Russell an an A for? But then, like Verstappen, but I think it is an A because it's not. No, A star. You are going to go A star. Look, he did everything he needed to do. He won the race. Um, he missed out on, on pole, obviously, but I mean, Charles Leclerc was dragged around like no tomorrow by Carlos Sainz, it's, and uh... he didn't bin it. So. Yeah, <laughs> and to be fair, he it's, could have easily won that race. He could have yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, with the with the undercut, he could have won it because he would have been ahead of Leclerc when Leclerc came in for the pit stop. So I guess you can't you can't downgrade him for not going for a yeah. move when he's thinking about long consistency term. and long term race, um, and then didn't get the chance to overtake Leclerc because Leclerc put in the wall. So yeah, like you take yeah. a little bit off the grade because he didn't get yeah. pole, but it's, I don't think it takes you down a whole grade. I'd have given him an A if we'd have gone for Russell B, but. Just throw it out there. A star then. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I would have gone for this. I would have gone for oh, a, a decimal A. <laughs> right. Okay. So A star. 8.6. Shut up. A star for Verstappen. And an A from the fans. Sergio Perez. C. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a C from me too. Katie? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, C, sorry. You have to you have <laughs> to actually speak. confirm. <laughs> it's not it does not for the audience. Okay, yeah. C from us and a C from the fans. Charles Leclerc, F. Oh, I was gonna I thought you were gonna go for a... I was gonna say E, but I think we failed, he crashed. Yeah. I guess I was gonna say F or E. It's gotta be an F. He's literally thrown he away literally 25 failed. points. Like, yeah, he yeah. has failed. How can you give him an E for just crashing? Like, you know what I mean? On that's, his own. That's how I see it. If it had been, he'd have probably got like a D if it had been like a wheel to wheel battle with Verstappen oh, yeah, where he'd made yeah. a mistake or something like that. But on your own, when you were going to win, potentially. Yeah, yeah. it's an unforced yeah, okay. error. Yeah. F as well. That makes me very sad, but here we are. And the fans gave him a D. Not sure what the fans are voting on there. <laughs> he, he crashed uh, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one that's supposed to be getting... He didn't write off bias. the car. Yeah, I suppose at least he hasn't got any kind of like gearbox issues or anything to come 
because it was relatively. Hey, don't say that, please. Interesting. So, anything yeah, but... can happen. We've not actually mentioned. Country. Yeah, we've not actually mentioned that. You say that he didn't write off the car. He was trying to get into reverse, which I think was the the thing about him oh, saying about the about throttle. Because yeah. um, some people are like, oh, his throttle had a problem, and that's why he went off. But no, it was the fact that. He didn't actually have that much damage, so he could have reversed out and then with mm. safety cars and stuff, you know, he probably would have ended up finishing like fifth or something. So he would have been fine, but the car was embedded in the wall, which is a bit like Sergio quite the achievement in, to find a um, wall at Paul Ricard. <laughs> yeah. Where was it? I want to say it was Canada, but I don't know. Was it where was it Sergio had the same thing where he yeah, went in and then yeah. he got kind of embedded underneath the barriers, similar he, to that? Spa or Canada. Both happened twice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh dear. Sorry, Sergio. Yeah, you can't when you can't reverse <laughs> it out the wall because you have to do it on your own. And remember, speed. the reverse gear is incredibly fragile as well. So sometimes they can't actually find reverse gear, and and mm. it's game over. So yeah, uh, it's a massive shame uh, for Charles Leclerc. We've already reflected on that. Moving on. Yes, yeah, so the fans gave him a D. We gave him an F. Carlos signs a. I'm tempted to go uh, A star. It's borderline A star. But because I think he got shafted by the strategy. Mm. I'm and really disappointed. I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to see his race pan out because he was very quick and just ended up on the worst possible strategy once Leclerc crashed. So um oh, fifth A star for fifth seems a bit much, but I don't it, think it's his it's fault a, that he finished fifth. Mm. But would he have finished anywhere else? I, I still, I think it would have been closer, but I still don't think he would have finished fourth if they if they pit him earlier. So low star. <laughs> I'm still going to go star. He got shafted by an unsafe release as well, which I'm putting the blame on. Fair, he there. was in the pits for a while, wasn't he? I'm giving well. him an A star because I think it's the best. He's looked the best to Leclerc. Like that he has all yeah. season, which is unfortunate. Okay. In the race that right. he has to start last. Okay, which no, is very it's a low A star. Like, yeah. Low A star. <laughs> uh, okay, so an A star from us and an A star from the fans. Lando Norris, B. B? B, yeah. Okay, B from us and a B from the fans. Daniel Ricciardo, C. I'll go mm. B as well. Australian bias. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a <laughs> a, bus- a bus- <laughs> I'm gonna give him a B. Screw it. So listen, it's, it's the lowest B you can possibly get, but it's uh, it's a B. <laughs> okay, so uh, a B from us and a B from the fans. Uh, Fernando Alonso, A, A. a. Okay, good, easy. Uh, and an A from the fans, Esteban Ocon. B. Yeah. I've not forgiven him for punting you. Yeah, but... I was going to say, uh, like, C. No. Crash. I'm going to go for a C because he ruined Yuki's race and like, if didn't we're get give, fairly punished for that, I think. If we're going to give Danny Rick the same grade as Lando, which I know Tommy didn't agree with, he was only eight seconds off of his teammate. Ocon finished 14 behind Alonso. Yeah, and it's the same mistake. Uh, C. Yep. What did okay. Frank say there? <laughs> C from us and a B from the fans. Pierre Gasly. C. 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 12th. 
Mm, not great. Uh, okay, and a seat from the fans. Next up, Yuki Sonoda. I mean, he was how he was. He just got <sighs> yeeted by Ocon, so quite difficult to judge. So we're going to have to give him a seat, but it could no, have been better. <laughs> going to have to give him a seat, Navi. <laughs> I wouldn't tend to give him a B as well. No, to be fair, he was in Q3. He outqualified Gasly by a mile. A mile. Ocon ruined his car. To be fair, like, when you B. actually look at the Q1 times, Sonoda was four hundredths quicker than Gasly in Q1 and <laughs> so managed to qualify to eighth. Um, but yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll allow a B. No problem. All right. B from us and a, a C from the fans. Next up, Sebastian Vettel. C. 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 Yep, and a C from the fans. Lance Troll. B. B. Got points. One yeah. thing I will say B about for, Lance B Stroll. B for break test. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a dodgy defensive maneuver, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. I know I critique Stroll on this, but he has done a very good job of making up positions during the race, kind of like a secret assassin, starting near oh, the back, 100%. ending up near the points. I don't. I do feel he, he has... doesn't get enough credit for that. Yeah, he has awful qualifying. You don't notice him the whole race, and then suddenly he's tenth, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, I know. He's... Um, B. Yeah, a B. Okay, yeah. B from us and a B from the fans. Nicholas Latifi. He passed Bottas. Woo! In the race. And then, yeah. And then spun. spun. C. D. 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 Yeah. D. Yeah. I don't know why I even said C. I don't, right. I don't know what came over me then. Um, yeah, D for Latifi and a D from the fans. Alex Alban. Yeah, it, was, it was looking not too bad, was it? And then it's a shame. Thirteenth yeah. doesn't really. I'll give him a C. C. Yeah. Yeah, C. Okay, and a C from the fans. Valtteri Bottas. What a what a quiet, what awful mm. weekend it's for Alpha in hat. general. They're just rubbish. I'm sorry, Bottas getting a D. Uh. C for me. I'm tempted with a D as well, you know, because it was yeah. just so Dreadful. anonymous and like he was just every time I looked at the timing screen, That's he was at the That's not back. a Valtteri Bottas C great no. performance, Tommy. Have a word with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really still angry about the club crashing. Right, Bottas. <laughs> uh, okay, D from us and a C from the fans. Show Guan Yu. D. D. He actually got penalty, a penalty for causing a collision. Which didn't he in theory, in theory, yeah, it was, it was should replay, been a worse grade than his teammate who managed to avoid anything. So really, it should be an E, but that, that seems quite harsh. No, he finished. Now I'm going to go an E. <laughs> <laughs> what, he, did, he stopped at the side of the track, yeah, I know. but he still finished six laps down according to this. No, it's an E actually. Yeah, he, I forgot I about his e. crash with. He didn't have much pace compared to Bartas either, and just yeah, E. That's him. savage, but we've just gone for an E for Joe Guanyu and the fans have gone for a Sorry, C. So looking forward to that. those comments. Um, okay, uh, Kevin Magnuson had the beastiest start oh, in the world. And wow. DNF. I'm going to... A star for the start and then D for the rest of it. <laughs> he yeah. seems to be involved in I every other like collision as well. Driving. Yeah. Tommy, you're going to give him a C after the reaction you gave to him on our, on our live Twitch watch along where you were literally like, K-Mag is the next coming of a Formula 1 world yeah, champion. Yeah, but in doing that, he kind of <laughs> screwed himself a little bit. No, okay, B. Just for that start. Yeah, why not? Or is it a B? No. I think it's a C. Yeah, it's still a C. Because no, he's, right. he it's literally got in some... Yeah, he got involved <laughs> it's in so fun, many though. tangles. It's really fun. Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right, C for, from us and a C from the fans. And Mick Schumacher. 
and had a, just had a wow. D, I, think. I mean, he got yeah, yeeted. D. He got yeeted. Yeah, but he shouldn't have been down at the back of the field. Uh, yeeted with the corner. He was proper unhappy with that um, track limits thing because he said he'd done exactly the same line in all practice sessions. <laughs> hadn't had a single yeah, complaint. I cut the corner every lap, and they didn't literally, do anything. That's literally what he said. He's like, I did it in FP1, FP2, FP3, nothing, and then I do it in qualifying, and I get a penalty. It's like, well. That sounds like FIA things. Um, yeah. All right, Tommy. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, cool. Uh, Make sure you make All right, we'll give them to them. Uh, D from us and a C from the fans. Prediction time. We've made it. <laughs> I said Mick Schumacher points. That is incorrect. And I went for Vettel makes it out of Q1, which he did. So one point for me. Katie. Oh, Screw you, oh. Carlos Sainz. Screw oh, you, Carlos so Sainz. close. I said no Ferraris in the top five. Can I please get half a point? <laughs> no. Nope. I was so close. Honestly, when How they picked Carlos, I was like, yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to get a point on the podcast. Come on. As um, if you were celebrating Science's blunder strategy for one point on the podcast, Katie. Baby, go. You've got to do everything you can for the points. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said Gasly involved in another spin, which can you count him going off the track and going no. through the bollards? Did he spin? Wow. You really are no, trying to get really something. Yeah, the girl's really trying to get some points. points. Yeah. I know. It's going like to have me. to be a zero. Tommy. I had Mercedes win the most points from the race weekend. No, you didn't say that. You said Mercedes win. <laughs> nice try, though. Okay. And, and that, was, multiple... that was definitely on the cards. When Leclerc and Verstappen were fighting, I remember watching when we were doing yeah. our Twitch watch along. They were like, it's crash. Hamilton's going to yeah, win. Hamilton's going to win. Um, and multiple track limit penalties, which... No. Were can, in you, can you just say no, you what said you said on the end? You wrote three plus multiple track limit penalties. No, five you forced penalties. me into that. Yeah, exactly. It's terms and conditions apply. Yeah, next time when you're like, that makes that Q1, I'm like, what position? <laughs> <laughs> no, because mine's very clear. Just makes it out. Doesn't oh, matter just, where. Yeah, I've just, yeah, cool. What? No, it doesn't matter. Come on. <laughs> okay, the fans, Twoland, land, out oh, on the podium. I don't know what you're laughing at. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know what you're... No, we all do. You'll see what, in a moment. What are you laughing at? Okay. Carry on. Okay, uh, Twoland. Shut up, Frank. Twoland. Alpine on the podium. No. Albert 46. Leclerc and Verstappen collide. No. And JMS 101190. Third Ferrari win in a row. No. Oh, God, I haven't done my hungry predictions. <laughs> That's what I was laughing at. I put them in for you. <laughs> right, Tommy, you do yours first. What are your predictions? You're not going to say your Latifi win? One? No, I'm definitely okay. not right. Uh, that, okay, I went for a Ferrari 1-2 and a Lando top five in quali. 1-2 in the race, I should probably say, shouldn't I? Because you're... Are you sure? Keep it no, vague, I baby. No, I be vague. Yeah, I'll keep it keep vague. Keep it vague. If me... Mate, yeah. if you learn... Oh dear, Matt's going savage. I actually, said... I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in quality. Actually, I'm gonna because Ferrari will screw it up in the race, won't they? Right, <laughs> Ferrari one two in quality. <laughs> Ferrari one two quality. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I've said an unusual podium finisher slash somebody who hasn't been on the podium so far this I season love... slash like just slash. like a a new podium finisher. But then if I said that, you go, oh well, it's got to be know. like someone like Sonoda. Huh? Alonso is not an unusual because he's had forty three pit or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, you know, somebody that's not please. the same people that we've had. Yeah. I really and, hope I... you get a point for that, by the way, because we've not <laughs> had enough variety on the podium. No, we've not. Yeah, so it's true. been, that's been the Can I get down. a point for just suggesting it? Thanks. That's no, great. you're really and trying then... it. I said <laughs> there'll be a wet session. Next, next, let's go. Just, it was going to rain. Oh, one second. 
a wet F1 session. I'll clear that up. Budapest. Just going to have a look at the Are weather gonna... forecast just in case you've... Oh, I see. I see what you're doing here. I see this, Sunday the 31st. It's going to rain. Light rain showers. Saturday the 30th, no, thundery I I've showers. Just, I've done that because mm. it's always stormy in Hungary. Well, it it's rained there for like the last Saturday two years. And raining on Sunday at the moment. So uh, well, that may well be this? a point. Oh, God. I might have to put thundery. Poo? I might have to put thundery uh, for two, double points. No, I've gone for Verstappen DNF. <laughs> <laughs> just so that you can go back to be like, oh, so Matt, you said the championship was over, and that was 25 points. And uh, Mercedes, another podium, 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 another podium. Mercedes, another win. podium. They're hung- great in Hungary. Sorry. And they've got on the podium in like, the last five races. Budapest weather and gone, oh, well, there's going to be some precipitation. I'm just giving it back. Precipitation. <laughs> precipitation. <laughs> okay, the fans, Dan CFC21, Alonso Podium. Wow. Yes, nice. please. Ma- what a hoser. Has oh, Williams. Wait. <laughs> you can't have the stuff in DNF because someone's done it in the oh, fan prediction. Yeah. Oh god, I must have I must have read no, me and Ed. We're fine. Uh, what a hoser. Has Williams and Aston Martin will all have a driver in the points. Okay. And nice. Ed Edu 27 for Stappen DNF. <laughs> That's Matt's burner again. Yeah. Yeah. So me and Ed Matt are going it. to uh, cash in. Put the Latifi win back on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Latifi did score points last time. Imagine we were here. Latifi wins he a did. crazy race and you're like, no, I deleted it from my prediction. I imagine. <laughs> and you wrote it as well. Yeah. I mean, Latifi to win. Goodness Latifi me. Can you imagine? What, can you imagine Latifi what that Wonsie, race would be? Yeah, that would that would need to happen, wouldn't it? Oh dear. Tommy, final thoughts. Oh god. Didn't uh, even give final you time thoughts. to think. I just wanted to see the the panic in your eyes, and there it is. Um Final thoughts are shame for the title. Why do you sound like you're on the toilet? I don't know. I'm just confused. <laughs> I'm just confused. Shame for the title. Moving on. Okay. Katie, I think Tommy's having some sort of brain aneurysm there. So carry on. Uh, mine is that I'm looking forward to Hungary because I think Hungary is a really. <laughs> no, I've not finished my point yet. Oh my God. Every one of those. I'm looking single... forward to I'm the looking next forward to insert I think Hungary. <laughs> I think Hungary's a really slept on track. I think it's always produces a pretty exciting, interesting race. So I'm looking forward to Hungary. Great. Good wheel it knowledge is, there. It is. Yeah, thank you very much. No cat. <laughs> Not washed. Hashtag copium. Hashtag. What's this protein <laughs> borer one everyone keeps saying on, oh, my, no. on TikTok? What? Yeah, I've seen that. I'm just I'd saying say. all, all the Every phrases. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, there you Chill. go. I'm with the, down with the kids, you know. You're not washed, Katie. Well done. Thank you. Even though that, okay, that's, yeah. apparently that's a compliment. Right, here we go then. My final thoughts are, <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> I am going to be in recovery mode. I am not, no, it's not, it can't be race week. Uh, apparently it's a good thing, uh, but clearly Katie and Tommy are washed and don't have any will knowledge as to what it's like to be a Ferrari fan. Okay, um, dabbed. Wow, 2022, incredible. Um, so yeah, mine is that I have not emotionally recovered. I will still not have recovered by the time Hungary comes. And I think I need the entirety of the summer break just to get over the fact that Leclerc is probably going to be over 80 points behind Max Verstappen as we enter it. So that is that for the WTF1 podcast. Hashtag WTF1 podcast. If you want to get involved in the discussion, ask us any questions and maybe even suggest something that you want to talk about. There you go. Uh, make sure to give us five stars, thumbs up, comment, good things on wherever you're listening or watching. And we'll be back for loads of Twitch watch-alongs. Go follow us, WTF1 Official, on there. 
because we're back once again until we go for a summer break. So please come join us. We do some, I don't actually know what we'll, we'll post the schedule uh, on our social media channels and you can come and join us there. And then thank you so much for watching slash listening to this Ferrari pain podcast, the FPP. And we'll see you very soon. And thank you to team WTF one for watching live. Mucho appreciated. Take care. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So it's finished. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Until next week. Uh...